Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV and on your Supertalk Mississippi stations covering all 82 counties in the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us today. You want to be a part of the conversation? We'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. Right here in Seaspire country, online, seaspire.com slash business. We are coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book, the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. But don't stop there. Stop in. Visit. Get in on the action at the sports book at the Golden Moon. Brian Haydad is off today. He is, I think, playing a uh, uh, like a, a self-constructed FIFA tournament, maybe against himself. Just taking a couple of days off. He will be back with us on Monday when we broadcast live from Oxford for day one of Egg Bowl week. One week from today, final game of the regular season, Ole Miss and Mississippi State in Oxford at Vault Hemingway Stadium. So Michael Borky and I are with you this afternoon. Glad to be with you. Probably shouldn't delay much. Uh, the news today is Lane Kiffin related. That's kind of crazy. We're no what, way. I mean, we're three days away from a pretty important football game for Ole Miss uh, in Fayetteville, where it's going to be two freezing. Days away. Today's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sorry, two days away. Yeah, yeah. two days away from a football game. Uh, very little conversation this week about football. The overall schedule pretty weak, and uh, uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas certainly a uh, a big deal. Uh, again, ceasefire text line if you want to get involved in the conversation six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. So I guess I stirred things up earlier with a uh, a tweet. Here it was. Lane Kiffin has received a new contract offer from Ole Miss that would make him one of the ten highest paid coaches in college football. It's now a waiting game to see if he will receive an offer from Auburn. We'll get more details for you this afternoon. So here we are. And and that's actually where we are. Uh, the ball is largely in Lane Kiffin's court at this point. Um, I, look, there were a lot of responses immediately to that tweet that were like, well, he's only got to move up one spot to be a top 10 coach. I, I didn't say it was to move up to number 10. Um, 
without being specific on the exact number, I think when you look at average annual value, right? I mean, the way most of these contracts are structured is they grow over time. So if it's a four-year deal that's got a you know a total value of forty million dollars, it might be eight, nine, ten, eleven. Or I don't even know if the math works on that, but it's an escalating contract. I think you're looking at in the $9 million a year range in terms of annual average value as to what Ole Miss has has offered Lane Kiffin. Uh, They'll work through other details that have to be worked through. Uh, Lane Kiffin has been given, carte blanche is not the way to describe it, but he has been given uh, the authority and the resources to hire analysts. Ole Miss has got a bunch of analysts to hire support staff to compensate his assistant coaches at a way that is absolutely competitive with the rest of the SEC. And depending on which database you look at, he is currently the 11th or 12th highest paid coach in America. This year he's making $7.25 million. If he gets uh, you know, a pretty significant bump, I mean, you're looking at a raise that's in the neighborhood of $2 million from where he is right now. Um, it's a significant number. That's big. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's a big jump, and it's a significant commitment from Ole Miss. I, I don't even know that that is an area where Ole Miss is completely comfortable, but I think they understand the importance that Lane Kiffin provides, not just to the football program, but to the university as a whole. Uh, I've mentioned this. We've talked about it before. You know, freshman enrollment and overall student population is up significantly over the last three years at Ole Miss, and they are expecting another record freshman class for the 23-24 academic year. So we're in 22-23 right now, so 23-24 would be next year, and the anticipation is that they once again have a record freshman enrollment and kind of continue to grow as a university. And so this is not something where Keith Carter is just sitting there in his office by himself, twiddling his thumbs, going, you know, I think I'll offer this. I mean, this is a university leadership decision. And both Keith Carter and uh, Glenn Boyce, the chancellor at Ole Miss, understand the importance that Lane Kiffin has for uh, for Ole Miss or, or the, the, the importance that he brings to the table university-wide. The question is, if Auburn offers him a contract, what will he do? And I don't know the answer to that. And frankly, unless you're talking directly to Lane Kiffin, you don't know the answer to that either. There are a lot of things that he's going to have to weigh. Um, so what, I, what I'm saying right now is that Auburn has not officially offered Lane Kiffin a contract. There are a lot of people that believe it is coming. There are some people that say they're not entirely sure. I think most people that are covering this, whether it's from the Auburn perspective or the Ole Miss perspective, believe that an offer is coming at some point in the next eight days, whether that's tomorrow or the Friday after the Egg Bowl, maybe the next ten days if you want to go to the Sunday after the Iron Bowl, that most people believe that Auburn is going to make an offer. There are Power brokers at Auburn who say Lane Kiffin is the guy. There are others who are not entirely sure. Um, And and look, I mean, there are plenty of names that have been thrown out as it pertains to the Auburn search. Um, There are people that push back on the he's you know almost a top ten coach anyway. 
one is part of the top ten, ten is part of the top ten. I wasn't locking in onto a specific number on where he would well, uh, be. As as you know, uh, there are people that are incapable of using their brains, and you just you just got to deal with that. Even people with national platforms, but um, I mean, we're talking Ryan Day money. I mean, think about that for a second. This is old Miss we're talking about here. In the smallest population state in the SEC that they share with another SEC program. Regardless of of what happens, I think people are... Because I had somebody reply to me on Twitter and say, I heard it's only 2 million more. First of all, what do you mean only 2 million? If that is correct, and if it's 2 million more, that means he's making the same amount of money as the head coach at Ohio State. That is that means only six coaches in America make what he makes. And by the way, if you want to factor in the NFL, that would make him a top ten paid coach in all of the sport of football. Professional or college or otherwise. The fact that Ole Miss, remember, poor little Ole Miss, as people like to say, is committing this much to their football program, regardless of how this ends, is a message. It's a message being sent that the people there are committed to doing whatever they can to win. And it's to me, it's significant regardless of if it's accepted or not. The fact that they're even in this position says a lot. Well, the, the commitment level is really, really high yeah. from, from Ole Miss. And, but he, okay, so interestingly enough, even though what we're talking about right now is money and contract figures... I'm told that money isn't really the deciding factor for Lane Kiffin. Kind of going back and digging through some stuff and talking with some people, I was reminded that Lane Kiffin left Tennessee to go to Southern California for basically the same salary. It wasn't like, oh, he made that move for money. He made that move because that was a dream job. It was a national brand, and it felt like you know there was an opportunity there for him to go to a place where he could win national championships. Clearly, that didn't work out. And Lane Kiffin has publicly admitted multiple times that he probably made a mistake in making that move away from Tennessee after just one year. So I was, I was thinking, what is what's Lane Kiffin got to weigh? First of all, he's got to wait on an offer from Auburn, if if that is is part of there, part of it. Does he want to leave a place where he's invested three years and has the program on an upward trajectory and moving in the right direction and getting national notoriety to go to go start over? Because he would be starting over. Now, with that said, I talked with somebody at Auburn earlier this week that told me there were going to be 45 open roster spots at Auburn. Whoever the next head coach at Auburn is, is going to be able to flip that roster in a short amount of time. And Auburn is a place where... If indeed the NIL numbers are to be believed, they're going to have the resources to be able to bring good players in in a hurry and be competitive in a hurry. So the people going, oh, he's just inheriting a terrible roster. That roster is not going to look anything like it does right now, a year from now. What are Lane Kiffin's long-term career goals? People love to throw out, well, Alabama is his dream job, or he wants to be in the NFL. If those are his goals... Is it easier to get to those places from Ole Miss or from Auburn? What's the family impact? Don't know what role that plays. Where is it easier to win? What's NIL look like in both places? What's the level of institutional support that's there? Happiness? I, I, 
by all accounts, he's pretty happy where he is. Who's he got to please? What's the level of autonomy? I think those are all things that factor into this. We'll talk more about it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Lots of messages coming in on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Talking about Lane Kiffin out of the gate today. It's been a pretty regular conversation over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, how, how have we gotten here? Well, Auburn let go of Brian Harson, which was what was expected to happen. And like 10 minutes later, they hired John Cohen, uh, which was not expected by many people uh, until just a couple of days before it actually happened. And so John Cohen has been working on figuring out the direction that Auburn football is going to go. We've got to believe that that is in conjunction with people who are influential and write big checks. Um, so Auburn with an opening, Lane Kiffin, in basically every coaching cycle, is the sexiest name that's out there. I'm not saying that that means that he is the best football coach that out, that is out there. But every major opening that popped up a year ago, his name came up with, right? I mean, he was associated with in, in one way or another. How real it was with any of those jobs a year ago, who knows? Ole Miss made a big commitment to him a year ago, and Ole Miss has made a big commitment this year in offering Lane a contract extension and a significant raise. So he's got a contract offer from Ole Miss. And the question is, is he going to get a contract offer from Auburn? And we don't know the answer to that. There are a lot of people that say, oh, yes, he is their number one target, and there are others like, eh, I don't know. They're yeah. still kind of going through it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm fascinated with, with a couple of things. Is One, let's pretend that does happen. I expect it to happen, truthfully. I think Auburn will be dumb for, for that not to be the case. If I were them, if I were John Cohen, he'd be my number one guy. Look at what he's doing. I, I mean, come on. How, how could you not? want that to be your program. I would. I mean, it, for reference, if Ole Miss beats Arkansas, a game that they're favored in, and wins the Egg Bowl, a game that they're favored in, that would be back-to-back 10-win seasons, right? Auburn yes. has never done that since I've been alive. Never done it. Since I've been alive, they've but never done Ole that. Miss. And obviously neither has Ole Miss, because the first 10-win regular season was last year. Right. So I would want that on my campus right away. So if that does come... I think there are too many people that think that 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 ends it. And there are people that are so caught up in the linear. They they think it's like an auction. Or a better example, they think it's a poker hand. And the river card's already come. And here Ole Miss has flipped their cards over. And they've got a pair of jacks, right? And they think that if Auburn flips over their cards and it's a pair of aces, it's done. And, And this is over. Well, why did Ole Miss only offer two million more? I, I would be surprised, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that that's old Miss's best foot forward. That's not how you negotiate. That's poor negotiating. If you're the only one that has put an offer down, do you negotiate against yourself? Shout out Texas A&M. I wouldn't. You give them a substantial offer, 
which I believe is what they've done to your reporting. But I wouldn't have put all my cards on the table because what happens if the Auburn offer never comes? Yeah. It's negotiating 101. And there are people that think, well, if clearly all the Auburn offer is going to come, so this is over. But it's not that simple because it's not linear. How many people close to or around Lane Kiffin have made reference many times to it not being linear? Well, Ole Miss offered 9.25, and when Auburn offers 9.5, he's going to go because it's 250,000 more. It's not really, it's not really how that's going, or how that's going to work for for him. He's a different guy. It's not a 10-year thought here. It's more short-term. It's more immediate. And you brought up a good point. There's also family stuff involved. It's not as simple as. This job offered 10, this job offered 9.5, therefore he's taking this job. So today isn't like a great day for Ole Miss either. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that he has an offer. doesn't mean he's accepted it. doesn't mean it's satisfactory. It might be, but we don't know. But it is not linear. If Auburn comes in with 500 k more a year, doesn't mean he's going there either. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um... I don't necessarily believe that the number that Ole Miss has presented to him as a take-it-or-leave-it number is a final offer, is a, hey, this is what we can do, we're willing to do this, we're not willing to do a penny more, and if you want to leave, leave. I, I don't think that's I think it's a, a good way to describe it. And and your your, your Texas Hold'em analogy is a, uh, is a good one as well. So, yeah, I mean, we don't know what the rest of the cards look like. And I, we get a message. I think this is a good question. This is from... Um, this is from Tyler in Boonville. Will Ole Miss continue to give Kiffin a raise each time a big-time job comes open? As long as he's continuing to win, yes, they will because it's market-driven. Now, you, you probably get to a point where you, you've done all you can do. Right? I mean, wh- whether wh- whether you have an income that is slightly above the poverty level, or you make a million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year. You have a budget, right? I mean, you can, you can, if you make ten million dollars a year and you have three million dollars in the bank, like just in liquid cash, and you're like, you know what? I really want to go buy that G650 and the price tag on it is $74 million. You can't go buy that airplane. Cross one jokes, we'll set those aside, right? You you can't because you can't afford it. Regardless of how much money you have. I mean, if you're Elon Musk and you want to go buy I don't know, all of the Bahamas, you can't buy it for what your net worth is. <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible example, but you know, regardless of how much money you have, there's still a limit to what you can actually buy. And Athletics departments are, are no different, right? I mean, your, your boosters will help support you. The SEC television contract money and postseason football and basketball money helps support you. But you come to a point where you only have a finite amount of money. And so you do, you, you, you go up to where you're comfortable, and then maybe you press it a little past where you're comfortable. And then you have to look at, okay, well, I've got some money over here in savings, and I really don't want to drain my savings account, but I'm willing to do it. 
because I think it's the right decision. I think it's a right wrong uh, long-term play. But everybody's got money that runs out at some point, regardless yeah. of how much money you've got. You keep so, going until you can't go anymore, though. I mean, I, I guess there is a ceiling, but if you're not there yet, you keep going if that's what it takes. And Chase makes a good point. Uh, he, he's talking about you know, jobs in, in our life. I, I don't think this is inappropriate to share. Years ago, many years ago, um, I was not in pursuit of a job, but one reached out to me years ago. And it would have been at the time for more money in a more expensive place to live in significantly more hours. Also mm-hmm. up north as well, in a place that I didn't really want to live to begin with. So further away from family, further away from friends, the, the salary number was higher, but it was a more expensive place to live in a, a volatile environment. By the way, the, the place since doesn't offer sports programming anymore. Um, it would have been a bad situation, but but a little bit more money. I stayed here because the other stuff besides money benefited me more. And, and look at what I'm doing today. It was a, ended up being a great decision. Yeah. And th- that could be the case here, and it, it sounds like it is. So I got a text a second ago, well, if salary's not the end-all, be-all, what else is? You mentioned it all. It's everything else. It's NIL capabilities. It's ability to win, it's ability to get transfers, it's comfort, it's fit, it's things like freedom and not just program control. Too many people that cover Auburn think that when when Ole Miss people mention how much freedom Kiffin has, they're talking about decision like football decisions, staff hiring decisions. It's not just that. It's not even anywhere close to being just that. Lane Kiffin is not micromanaged at Ole Miss on any level, football or otherwise. He's just not. Keith Carter and Glenn Boyce, the chancellor, have given him uh, a ton of leeway to do the things that are important to him and run his program the way that he wants to. But, yes, I, I, I do think that it's important to note that you know, the, uh, from a football standpoint, the things that are weighing in the decision are NIL capability, right? We're going to talk with Walker Jones from the Grove Collective a little bit later this afternoon and kind of get an update on where that is. Walker told me this morning that even in the last 24 hours, they have uh, seen some pretty significant growth in terms of members and commitments to that. Will it be enough? I, I, I don't know. Um, also, the ability to get players, you know, whether it's recruiting high school players or getting transfer players, and, you know, that ties in directly to NIL. All, all of those things uh, factor into this decision. And then, again, I, and I feel like it's kind of beating a, a, a dead horse, but it's like, is Auburn going to offer him? He, he, he doesn't have an offer. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Uh, I mentioned Walker Jones is going to join us. Andy Staples will be with us later this afternoon. Also, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. We'll get some winners from Lee. We'll be right back. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Let's, uh, let's work through some tweets 
I'm sorry, some uh, some text on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Remind you that uh, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Be sure to check out their collegiate collection. So many different schools that they are licensed with. You can get great-looking gear, whether it's golf shirts or pullovers, outerwear, pants, shorts. i got the pants on today. i got one of their golf shirts on today. Absolutely love it. Feels great. Looks good. Really good stuff. Genteelapparel.com. So, uh... Let's see here. I'm a season ticket holder, talking about at Ole Miss. I want to join the Grove Collective, but it feels a bit like an Ole Miss only fans. Nothing I can touch or can't get free somewhere else. What tangible benefit do I get? Do I get a concession stand voucher? Free parking on game days? Free loot crate every month? Oh, all I get is a signed letter? And maybe keep my coach and get some good players. Guess I could keep my $42 and buy a new hoodie from Rebel Rags. This feels like a fan tax. Very fair question. That's a, there are a bunch of fair questions rolled into that. Yeah. An Ole Miss only fan. That's hilarious. That's, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a level of it where it's a fan tax, but the difference in it being a tax and not is it's voluntary. You don't have to be involved with it, but with the way that the game is now played in recruiting and in player retention, somebody's got to be involved in it, right? So yeah, I mean, it's... you can you can get on board or you can not get on board. And look, I, I I'm not one to tell you how to spend your money, right? I mean, you you spend your money the way that you believe it's right. And I'm also, this, these are not my words. I had a text from a friend the other day that said, basically, anybody who doesn't contribute to the Grove Collective that is able to do so, you deserve to lose your coach. I don't know. I don't know that I would take it that far, but the reality is the programs that are competing at a national level, it's taken a little while, but they've all gotten their act together in terms of raising money for name, image, and likeness deals. You classify it however you 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 call it buying players, yeah, paying that's what players is. to say, call it whatever you want to yeah. call it, but it's happening. And if you want to get players and you want to keep players, you've got to be part of that game. Period. And whether you call it a fan tax or Ole Miss only fans or or whatever. And and no, it's not. I mean, yeah, I mean they've got small little benefits where you get a discount here, a discount there, or you know, exclusive access to some content. But ultimately, you're saying. I want to support the recruiting efforts at Ole Miss or fill-in-the-blank school, and that's why I am giving monthly or annually or quarterly or whatever to the collective that is tied to my school. Yeah, Somebody on a live stream asked me this last night, and my reply was simple. Do you enjoy watching Quinshawn Judkins play in an Ole Miss uniform? Yeah. I mean, it boils down to that. And... It's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, that's what it is now. I think legal adults should be allowed to make as much money as they want for providing services, and football players are providing a service that that we enjoy. It's why I have a career. I think they should be able to get whatever they want. It it does feel like it that 
you know, you're bleeding your fans some. Understand that. But if you want to win, it's the best way to do it. Uh, this message, filling the stadium matters to Kiffin, too. Not the best track record this year for Ole Miss. Ah, you're misguided on that. Ole Miss has sold out all three of its home SEC games. They're going to sell out the Egg Bowl in a seven days a week from today. Um, their ticket sales numbers were good for the three non-conference games at home, even though the body, you know, butts in seats wasn't great. It's 100 degrees in September against bad non-conference teams. A lot of people don't want to watch that. Your diehards are going regardless, the people that are kind of fringe. It's expensive to go to games. It's expensive to travel games. I, I just, I, I mean, I know Lane Kiffin made a big deal about that. He shouldn't have, but he did. Uh, Nick Saban has made a big deal of that in the past. Alabama fans are the same. LSU fans are the same. Nobody's got, nobody's filling up their stadium for bad non-conference games. But you know what? If your team's good and you're playing in the SEC, you're filling it up for conference games. Yeah. I mean, say it out loud. That's, that's one good thing I learned from Colin Cowherd is say it out loud. Okay. So Lane Kiffin's weighing an offer from Ole Miss and Auburn, and he really wants to stay at Ole Miss. But remember in the Tulsa game when, when the fans left early? That's why I'm going to Auburn. No. Attendance at the Tulsa game is not a deciding factor in this decision at all. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, how about this? One thing that is in Ole Miss's favor, John Cohen does not appear to respond to Jimmy Sexton's bully approach to negotiating coaches' contracts. A little inside information here. Inside baseball. Jimmy Sexton is not a bully in negotiation settings. He just has what the other side wants. And so he is able to... In a pretty polite way. I ask a question of someone today that has dealt with Jimmy Sexton a lot. I, I asked him, I was like, how's Jimmy been? He's like, Jimmy's always good. He's just representing his clients. He's doing his job. People love to vilify Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton's really good at his job. And he's good at his job because he has a commodity. I'm using this loosely, right? He has a commodity that he is selling that the buyers desperately want. And they're passionate about. That's why Jimmy Sexton is good at his job. And he's got a proven track record of delivering for his clients. That's why he's the most successful college football agent, period. Yeah. We did get a message, too, about you know if he does leave, the fact that this offer is on the table is significant. Again, if I understand it correctly... And they're giving him a a two or around a two million dollar raise. That that's that's approaching coming very close to what Ohio State is paying their coach. I mean, you you are making your job extremely attractive, whether or not this offer is accepted. I promise you, there there are too many people nationally that that still have like a 1980s view of the college football landscape. They think Nebraska is still a national power and stuff like that. Like I said earlier, regardless of what happens, if you are able to pay similarly to Ohio State, which is what this is, if Day's making a little bit more, he's making a little bit more, but you are in where you're only talking about you know three four hundred k. I say only; it's a lot of money between you and Ohio State. Then you are opening up your door 
to candidates that 10 years ago your door wasn't open for. It's a big deal. It matters. It really does, regardless of the outcome here. This being out there, this number being public and known, if he happens to leave, your candidate list will be stronger than people will give you credit for. Because that is insane. It's crazy money. It's top 10 money in all of football. Jeff says, do you feel that as of right now, Ole Miss is at the level of Auburn where they are no longer considered a stepping stone to a better job? Thanks, Jeff. That's an interesting question, Jeff. I do. Okay, so, so your question is, as of right now, today, as we sit here, is the Ole Miss job on the same level as the Auburn job? Yes, today it is. Today it is. Is there the potential for more upside at Auburn than there is at Ole Miss? Yeah, history would say yes. But, you know, the, the, the fascinating thing is, I mean, Borky pointed out a second ago, said in his lifetime, Auburn has not won 10 games in back-to-back seasons. The highs at Auburn are really, really high. 2010, they win a national championship. 2012, they play for a national championship. But the lows? Man, there's nobody that does a free-fall bottom out quite like Auburn. And the other thing? The second that things don't go well at Auburn, whether the head coach is Gene Chizik, who won a national championship, or Gus Malzahn, who played for a national championship, or Shug Jordan, or Lane Kiffin, the second that it doesn't go well, Auburn turns on its head coaches. They've done, they did it to Tommy Tuberville. They did it to Terry Bowden. They did it to Gus Malzahn. They did it to Gene Chizik. They did it to Brian Harson from the day he was hired. I'd have to go back and kind of re... The Shug Jordan, not necessarily so... That was a little bit different. Pat Dye was a little bit different. You know, Pat Dye stepped down as the head football coach first, and then he stepped down as the AD. Or maybe I've got those backwards. But there was some NCAA stuff that kind of necessitated that. The last five coaches that Auburn, Auburn has had, I'm talking about torches and pitchforks. But that's okay, right? I mean, because you know what the highs are to a place like that as well. So you just got to decide what's good for you. You go into you go into a situation like that eyes wide open. More coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com. We'll be right back. Communication system is a go. Go. This this is. Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, end of the first hour of the show. Lee Sterling will join us at 20 minutes after 4 this afternoon. We'll talk about some of the games that are happening this weekend. Andy Staples, a little bit later in the uh, show today, in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, at 5.20, Andy Staples will join us. We'll ask Andy. You know, people are talking about the Ole Miss job versus the Auburn job. Certainly the college football landscape has changed 
How does he look at the two of them? Yeah, Andy's pretty rational, right? I mean, played football at Florida, does as good a job covering college football as anybody out there, uh, and and usually has pretty well thought out takes. So we'll see what Andy Staples says about that. And um, also Walker Jones with the Grove Collective, former, of course, Ole Miss football player and administrator, has worked in sports marketing and big brand companies and smaller brand companies uh, and is – kind of running the day-to-day operations of uh, the Grove Collective. He'll be on with us to start the 5 o'clock hour today for the college football fix. We were asked on the text line earlier, um, and if you want to say more than this, then then so be it, or, or go for it. I mean, that sounded condescending. Uh, when we're going to have anybody from the Bulldog Initiative on, the offer has been extended. The opportunity has been afforded. And so, yes, yeah, we'd it- love for that to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, the bottom line is, look, I'll be super straight with you on that. Uh, When Walker was on with us a few weeks ago, I sent a direct message to Charlie Winfield on Twitter. I thought I had Charlie's cell number. I didn't, so I sent him a DM. He got back to me a couple of days later, said he'd love to be on with us. He had some things that were going on at the time, and he needed to wait a little bit. And I told him we'd love to visit, and the offer stands, you know, whenever it's convenient for him. And I think Hey Dad's talked with him as well. And Charlie has said he wants to come on and talk with us, and we're open to doing that. But like a lot of people that are involved in collectives, Charlie Winfield has a real job. He has a real big boy job that takes a lot of his time. And so a lot of the stuff that he's doing on the side, you know, if you want to use a lawyer term, is is kind of pro bono, or or at least v- very little compensation tied to it. Um. Yes, Char- Charlie Winfield, who's doing a, a really good job with the Bulldog Initiative, has an open invitation to join us. I've told him that. Hey, Dad's told him that, and we're going to get it done at a time that's convenient for him. That just period. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Price is listening. He sends us a message. He says, "I'm listening to you guys in Canuck uh, cooking banana pepper deer sausage." You win. Look at that. Looks great on the grill. Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat coming your way tomorrow afternoon. Look forward, as always, to that. Um, I got a question that came a second ago asking about the viability of Ole Miss's NIL situation and when um, that it would, uh, would be competitive. And the answer is it's competitive today. Is Ole Miss's collective, is its treasure chest, war chest, however you want to describe it, as big as other places? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But in a national NIL landscape, Ole Miss is absolutely competitive today. And somebody was trying to draw a comparison of that to Auburn. And the reality is... I don't know how much money Auburn's got. I've seen reports that range from they've got $8 million available for NIL to they've got $15 million available for NIL. Pretty big variation there, and I don't know what that means either, right? I mean, is that money that is sitting in the bank? Is that pledges? Is that, hey, if you go hire the right guy, then I'm going to give this? I I have no idea. So I don't discount that Auburn has tons of resources available for the purposes of NIL, Here's where I will compliment Auburn, if that is indeed the case. In April of this year, April of this year, we're in November, seven months ago, 
There was a staff member at Auburn who I heard say, we can't compete right now with what's happening in the NIL landscape. And so if that was the case in April, and Auburn is now sitting on an eight-figure war chest for the purposes of NIL, then congratulations, you guys have done a lot of work in a short amount of time. And that's really impressive. It is impressive. What what did you wait for? I'm sorry? Well, why, why, not you. Oh. <laughs> not you. Um, why didn't Brian Harson get the opportunity to recruit with a war chest? That's a question that I, I would be asking myself you know, if I was you being... You know the answer to that question. Oh, I know. I, I know. It's more of a rhetorical question. That's something that I would be asking myself if I was a perspective coach in this. Lane Kiffin, Matt Rule, Dabo Sweeney, whoever. Hugh Freeze. Well, Hugh Freeze is taking it regardless. He's, it doesn't matter to him. Um, yeah, but the NIL piece will be there for Hugh Freeze. Why, why not? If I lose to Alabama, are you going to withhold NIL money from us? Is that what you're going to do? That's backwards, but what do I know? Yeah. Uh, we got more questions coming in on the ceasefire text line. We'll get to some of those with you as we continue throughout the show this afternoon. One hour in the books on this Thursday at Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Charlie on the ceasefire text line. Should I be training my four-year-old son how to be a college football coach instead of trying to make him the next Tiger Woods? No. Well, I don't know. Does your four-year-old son's golf swing look like Charlie Woods? If it does, go for the Tiger Woods thing. No. The, the, the grind to become a professional golfer is insane. No. You don't want him to be a great football coach. You want him to be good enough at a group of five school. Right? Good enough to get a Power 5 job and then win 10 games your first year. Hire Jimmy Sexton and get him to float your name out a bun- in a bunch of open jobs. Knock that buyout up to $17, $20 million, right? Then get fired. You, you think that's your life goal? That's the life goal, is to, to be good enough to get the job and the buyout and then get fired. I mean... I mean, you do know you could also win and make you, you, exponentially you could. more than that. You could, but that takes a lot of effort. I mean, <laughs> I suppose. It's a lot of work. Good to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. It's chilly outside today, but it's beautiful. Sun's out. Not a bad day for some fall golf. You can book your tee time or plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of the Pearl River Resort. Ceasefire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Visit Oxford 
is uh, getting ready for Holly Jolly Holidays. That gets started on Monday, and we will be broadcasting live from the City Pavilion at the corner of University Avenue and Bramlett Boulevard. That's directly across the street from Cheney's and Walk-Ons, if you're familiar with that part of uh, Oxford. They'll have the ice rink in and lots of other activities. You can find out about all that is happening with Holly Jolly Holidays at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at visitoxfordms. Um, Lee Sterling will join us in uh, 12 minutes. We'll actually talk some football with him. Everything is uh, kind of Connected to football today, but not about the actual games. Uh, let's see here. I, we, we will allow, not allow, we, we thank you for the um, the questions and the interactions on the text line, and we'll kind of let that drive the conversation for a little while. Um, JC and Tupelo, if Kiffin loses his last three, or two of his last three to finish out the season, does Auburn still offer? Yes. Yeah, I don't really think the finish to the season has an effect on that. I don't think. You know, it does say something to Ole Miss's commitment to keeping Lane Kiffin and what they believe in him that hanging in the balance for Ole Miss football is 10-2. and two. Or nine and three, or eight and four. I mean, there, there's a scenario, and it's not the most far-fetched scenario where Ole Miss loses its last two games, which would be losing its last three games to finish the season eight and four, and yet Ole Miss still has made a significant financial commitment to keeping Lane Kiffin. Yeah. So if Ole Miss isn't looking at it from a win-loss perspective at this point of the game, I wouldn't think that Auburn would be as well either. Uh, the national media put the Ole Miss job out there as a stepping stone job, and you guys are doing the exact same thing. It can be just as good as any other with commitment, stability, and the right person. If not, explain why, please. You're exactly right, and I don't think you heard me call it a stepping stone job. I don't think you heard Michael Borky call it a stepping stone job either. In fact, quite the opposite. I, I have said to you that Ole Miss has shown a commitment that has never been shown in its history to supporting its football program, its football facilities, its football coach, and all of the other folks tied to the football program. Lane Kiffin today is either, depending on which list you believe, the 11th or 12th highest paid coach in America. If he stays at Ole Miss, that number probably goes to somewhere in the 7-8 range in terms of national ranking. They're going to be done, what, before the start of next football season with a $40 million addition to the Manning Center. They pressed pause on the most ambitious capital campaign project in the history of the state of Mississippi for athletics because the head coach, in conjunction with Keith Carter, said, hey, our focus needs to be on people giving to NIL, not to stadium projects right now. Lane Kiffin has gotten literally 
Yes, I know it is an overused word. Literally. Everything that he has asked for, within some measure of reason, since he's been at Ole Miss. And they're not stopping. So no, not a stepping stone job, but that doesn't mean that people don't look at other jobs as still better than the Ole Miss job. I mean, Hugh Freeze did turn down Florida. I know things ended terribly there, an embarrassment, honestly, and it was all his doing. He didn't look at Ole Miss like a stepping... If, if that didn't happen, the school was willing to ride through the NCAA stuff with him. It wasn't NCAA stuff that got him canned at Ole Miss. It was other stuff that just they couldn't ignore anymore. But he talked to Florida and decided to stay. It's not not everybody thinks the, the way Hugh Freeze did, and I mean, and he followed it up with, "Well, why does Auburn have a higher ceiling?" Well, because they've gotten there. You haven't gotten there. Ole Miss, uh, Auburn has won a national championship since I've been alive. I remember watching it. Yes, it was mostly aided by Cam Newton. I believe if Cam Newton signs with Mississippi State instead of Auburn, that Mississippi State wins the national championship that year. But it doesn't matter. He had the AU on his helmet. They went to another one a few years later. They have been to Atlanta for the SEC championship. They have won the West. Their ceiling is higher because you are what your record says you are at the end of the day. But I I ranted and put it on Twitter, and Auburn fans, boy, they flooded my mentions. When I said that, I don't think the gap is near as big as people think it is. There's a reason they're firing coaches. There's a reason they have losing seasons. There's a reason they haven't won 10 games since 2017. There's a reason that after this season ends, Ole Miss will have a better record in the last decade than Auburn. Because the gap is considerably closer than people give it credit for. But they've got the higher ceiling because they've proven that they do. Until you do, people are going to question yours. That's just reality. I do think you have a coach that can elevate your ceiling, and will, if he decides to stick around. I think 90... 90%. There's... Two SEC jobs, three SEC jobs, that I think have ceilings that are basically capped. But the rest of them, in my opinion, are one coach away. Mm. Maybe not from winning national championships every year, but one coach away from being nationally competitive on an annual basis. For however long Lane Kiffin remains at Ole Miss, they will be nationally competitive every single season. He's proven that this year. Somebody says, you guys keep talking about the top 10 highest paid coaches. Can you share the list? Um, I've got it up if you don't. So, so Nick Saban is the highest paid coach in America. He was number two briefly after Kirby Smart got his new contract. Smart's contract paid him, what, 11 and a quarter, 11 and a half million? 11 to five. And so Saban jumped to like 11.7, and then he goes over 12 next year, I think, is the way that was worded. And then it's Dabo at, what, 10.5? 10.5. Lincoln Riley is believed to be about 10 million, but Southern Cal's a private school, and so they don't have to report. There's talk that it's 10, and, it's $10 million and a beachfront house. So, Yeah, 
Uh, Brian Kelly is at nine and a half million, or will get to nine and a half million. I think that's an average annual value deal on Brian Kelly's contract. I don't think year one was nine and a half. Uh, Jimbo is at nine and a half. That's as far as I've got pulled. Uh, what Mel Tucker's at nine? Uh, so uh, the list that NBC has, and, and I'll just go with them. It's uh, Lincoln Riley at estimated ten. Brian Kelly nine and a half. Tucker Ryan Day also at nine and a half. David Shaw at eight nine. Cristobal at eight. And then you've got Lane Kiffin just behind that at seven point two five this year. A lot of guys making a lot of money. And, and the people Jimbo's have wanted to like dramatically apart, here soon too. Yeah, people have really wanted to pick apart the whole. Richard tweeted top ten money. Yeah, top ten is one through ten. Top ten that doesn't necessarily mean ten. And I told you that I think Ole Miss's current offer puts the average value of the contract for Lane Kiffin at about nine million dollars. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. We'll be right back. What we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Beyond the boundaries of your city's lights. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Lee Sterling joins us right now, Lee, at ParamountSports.com. We've been uh, visiting on Thursdays during football season for several years now. Hello, Lee. I'm good. I'm great, actually. I'm I think I'm in the good graces of my wife. Actually, for the first time, I was proactive and told her uh, last night, let's hang up some lights. So uh, about halfway through. Christmas lights up before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. All right. I always get yelled at. Usually I'm the one that is dragging my feet. So, like I said, decided to be proactive and uh, just got a text that she made me dinner. There you go. (laughs) That's that's good all the way around. All right, what's happening at Paramount Sports this week? Well, we're, we had a, a rare losing week last week, uh, still 11 out of 14 winning weeks. We've got our college football underdog play of the year. It goes on Saturday. And I'm not talking about a one, two, or three-point underdog. Found an underdog of more than a touchdown. I think it's going to win outright. So anyone wants to get involved, it's included in our Baker's Dozen, 13 games, just $97. All right, so let's talk about some of the games. This is yep. uh, it is not the sexiest slate of games in the history of the college football universe, but uh, we've got some out there. What about, well, let's just start with Ole Miss and Arkansas. So Ole Miss is favored in this game. Uh, I asked you last week about the what felt like kind of a fishy line on the Arkansas game against yep. LSU. Turns out it hits right on the number, so you get a big old fat push unless you bought some points yep. one way or the other. Um, Arkansas played hard. They played without K.J. Jefferson. We don't know what the health status of K.J. Jefferson is other than he has practiced this week. Ole Miss coming off the loss at home to Alabama. What do you think? So I do think he's going to play. And when he plays, big difference. I mean, when Cade Fortin and Malik Hornsby are in there, it's like these guys are playing with rocks in their cleats. I mean, they're just not very good. Um, combined, just two touchdowns and two interceptions. 
Uh, I know Hornsby can run a little bit, but not much of a passer. Fortin can throw a little bit, can't run. Uh, team is different when uh, mm-hmm. Jefferson's in this game. and I just think that Ole Miss might be going through the motions here. Uh, they are clearly the better team, but so was LSU last week, and then they didn't look good at all. I mean, dropping balls. I mean, just there was the focus and, and the and the determination was not there. We saw the week before, and Ole Miss after losing to Alabama with a bye week to get ready for that game. I think they're one of these teams that's sitting there with eight wins, and they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll just go out and try to win the game. We got our big biggest game. Uh, uh, left uh, uh, on a short week, the rivalry game against Mississippi State. So uh, this Arkansas team is, is just one of these teams that when you doubt them, they usually play their best, and they're also looking to get bowl eligible. So I think they're going to give you their best effort. I think they pull off the upset, even though they're not the better team, 35-28. Noted Ole Miss hater Lee Sterling picking against I'm not the a hater at all. Noted <laughs> I Ole Miss Miami hater. more than I pick them. So. Uh, all right, so he's in it to make money. He's got Arkansas yep. winning by a touchdown on Saturday night in Fayette. Does weather play a factor there? It's going to be like 22 degrees. Yeah, yeah, it could, it could play a factor. I mean, that actually might help out uh, Ole Miss with a running game. All right. Um, what about some of these big lines in the SEC? Tennessee, big number against South Carolina. We saw what Tennessee did. Uh, no, no love lost between Josh Heupel and Eli Drinkwitz. They hang 66 on Mizzou last week. South yep. Carolina absolutely going in the wrong direction after the beatdown of the Swamp last week. Now it's the balls rolling into uh, Columbia, South Carolina as a 21-point favorite. And, and South Carolina, when a game is big, they just don't show up. I mean, 5-12 and 12 as a home underdog. Uh, they are one and nine when hosting a team with a record of 800 or better. Uh, <laughs> that is not good. They don't step up. Series visitor, 20 and five against the spread here. And I mean, you watch the quarterback play. Spencer Rattler is just not an elite quarterback. He only has two touchdown passes in SEC play. There's just something missing. I mean, you watch him and his skills uh, should carry him a, a much. Much to a much different level, but he hasn't been able to do it. And then their defense, they gave up 374 rushing yards to Florida last week. Florida did whatever they wanted. And this week, I think the Vols will do everything on them. They, they got run on for 374 last week. I think the Vols throw for something like three, 474 this week on them. Blowout City, Tennessee, 48-20. 48-20, that's comfortable cover for Tennessee yeah. against South Carolina. This LSU number is interesting to me against UAB. 14.5, LSU's at home. They don't kick this game off until 8 o'clock on Saturday mm-hmm. night. So there's under the lights at Tiger Stadium, and then there's an 8 o'clock kickoff. So late start in Baton Rouge. LSU, two-touchdown favorite, 14.5 against a, a UAB team that has had its ups and downs, They but not a bad football team. No, and, and when Dylan Hopkins plays and starts a quarterback, much better team. He's been in and out of the lineup, uh, seems to get banged up, but he does have some pretty good receivers, three receivers who average over 14 yards per reception, so they can make some plays. And we saw last week LSU was not real motivated. They did what they had to do in the second half to come back to win the game here, but I, I just think that that you're going to see a real good effort from UAB. They're sitting at five and five. No conference USA championship hopes. Uh, uh, they're going to let it all hang out here, and I think they're going to be able to run some against 
LSU. That's going to be their game plan. Slow down the game, less plays here. And uh, if it takes a while for LSU to get going, uh, could see more of the same. I think LSU wins 31-23, but I think UAB is the right side. All right, so uh, taking the points in Baton Rouge on Saturday night. One more SEC game. Uh, Georgia. They don't seem to be fooling around a whole lot. They are a 22-and-a-half-point favorite against Kentucky. And Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky, Lee. Kentucky. They lost to Vanderbilt last week. Yeah. Tell me more about this this first-round quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's just not played up to the, the, the level he needs to be if he wants to be drafted high. This line probably... A week ago, is sitting at 17 or 18, and it's ballooning because Georgia took care of Tennessee and Mississippi State easily. And Kentucky probably got to six wins and relaxed and thought, oh, we can win this game, and then we got Georgia and Louisville uh, to finish the season. So uh, it was partially, I thought, Vanderbilt, when their starting quarterback went out and the guy that probably should be the starter went in, presented a uh, different type of problem, but you can't lose to Vanderbilt. I, I think they're going to come to play. They usually do at home. They're 16-6 and six against the spread the last 22 games at home. If Will Levis or Chris Rodriguez has a big game, I think they cover. They just need uh, to play better, and uh, both teams are combined 15-5 and five against the spread to the under, so probably not going to see you know, a 50-30 game here. And last year, when Kentucky faced maybe the best defense we've seen in the last 15, 20 years in college football in Georgia on the road. They did score on the last play of the game, but they did get the cover. They lost 30-13. to 13. I think they're going to be in this game. I think Georgia will, will have their, maybe we see their BB minus game here. Georgia wins 31-17. Kentucky covers. So that was a world-class backdoor cover a year ago, right? It was. It was. Six seconds to go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so you got the Baker's Dozen going on, $97. If uh, if people want a free pick from you, it's the best way to get it. Tonight, usually we don't give out a client play. I have a client play tonight on the Green Bay-Tennessee game. They want to get okay. it for free. Call 800-400-9741. Again, the number, 800-400-9741. Give them Green Bay and Tennessee tonight. Hopefully start their week off uh, right and uh they want to get involved. Like I said, great week here with the Baker's Dozen. 13 games, including that college football underdog play of the year, 45-unit best bet, just one place, ParamountSports.com. All right, Lee, last thing. we, we got yep. Thanksgiving next week, so we're not going to yep. talk. There's a football game yep. here in the state of Mississippi. Yep. Uh, we got good people here in the state of Mississippi. They, they need one game, one game. Okay. Don't, don't care where it's coming from, what conference that you are in love with this week. I would go with Duke. Duke's playing at Pittsburgh, and I think this Duke team is just coached so well here. Pittsburgh can only run. Duke can stop, stop the run, and, and Duke has a quarterback, uh, one of the top 10, 15 quarterbacks in college football. So wrong team favorite there. We'll go give him an, another underdog. Duke plus the 7.5 at Pitt. All right, so Duke plus 7.5 at Pittsburgh. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff Saturday on the ACC Network. Yep. Lee, hope you and your family have a great Thanksgiving. Always good to visit. We'll catch up soon. You, you too. Take care. See you, Richard. That is Lee Sterling joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi 
Farm Bureau. We've got more coming up with you. We'll continue on this Thursday. Sports Talk Mississippi. Some other beginnings end. At work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Friday, Friday following the Egg Bowl. That has a chance to be an epic food Friday. That may be like looking back on what you did as opposed to what you're doing. What What is your absolute non-negotiable must-have Thanksgiving menu item? Ooh, that's a good not, one. That's not a meat side. Yeah, the, the meat's understood. Although prime rib would be my answer, honestly. I know that's a Christmas thing, but... Okay. Buddy, you can't go wrong with a good prime rib. Uh sweet potato casserole. With with pecans on top though, not mushrooms. I, I like I like the pecans on top, but gotta mushrooms. have that. Yeah, people do mushrooms. Aren't mushrooms. Gosh, Richard, that's the dumbest thing. Marshmallows. Marshmallow. Oh. Marshmallows. Say, that's disgusting. What am I and talking I, about? I here? don't no. even dislike mushrooms, but geez. Marshmallows. Yeah, those are uh, two different things. Um also, they both can make you happy, depending on what kind of marsh or mushrooms that you buy. But um. yeah, so we don't do pecans. Uh, used to, and I would pick around them. I, I like I don't mind pecans. Like, I love a good pecan pie, but I don't really like pecans sprinkled into my food. Like if my mom makes a cranberry salad, get the pecans out of there. They're in the way. They're they're in the way of the other stuff. So get that out. But my son, Obi, has a tree nut allergy, uh, so no pecans. It's the only blessing of that. I, I wish, like anything for him, that he didn't have to deal with that and it wasn't a concern. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so only tree nuts, though. So Yeah, he's good on peanuts. Nice. Yeah, but like pecans, walnuts, uh, et cetera. But at that. least like you don't have to go to... Or you don't have to worry about like if you're making a quick stop at a fast food place when you're at, you know at a soccer tournament or whatever, hoping that they're not using peanut oil, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I just thought we were getting a lot of reaction to coaching search news. <laughs> That's not even a coaching search. It's just like the rumor surrounding what. I guess it's coaching search at Auburn. Uh, let's see here. I agree, Richard. Pecans have a different texture. Pecans are for sure the way to go with the sweet potato casserole. Um, 
At Ajax, where they do good sweet potato casserole, Borky, they do pecans and marshmallows. Like on top of each other, next to each other? Well, or? no, like the pecans are in the sweet potato casserole oh. and the marshmallows are on top. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, let's see here. Green bean casserole, hash brown casserole, and green bean casserole. That's from Evan. Thanksgiving at Borky's this year. I'll bring both types of hash. hey <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Can't wait to visit Borky one day and give him my sweet potato and mushroom <laughs> casserole. Brian says giblet gravy is uh, absolutely the non-negotiable. Sweet potato casserole has to have pecans on top of it or I will not touch it. Okay. I'm going to have to try marshmallows in my stir-fry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, like... Get the mini portobello mushrooms, by the way. If you don't feel like doing like a full-on uh, low country boil or crawfish boil, mm-hmm. j- just get the get the zatarans in a pot of water, Ooh, yeah. and and just and put portobello mushrooms in there and boil them up. Sausage balls as part of the Thanksgiving meal. Now, now I'm all on board with sausage balls that morning. Like while the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade is going, some sausage balls and some monkey bread to kind of get the day started. I hadn't thought about though as like part of the um, the actual meal, the smorgasbord. I'm pretty fired up, Borky, but I feel like I have added a lot to my plate next week in committing to cooking three turkeys. It's all right. It's all right. And hey, Dad. Huh? And hey, Dad. You got to deal with hey, Dad. Yeah, I know. I know. I wonder how much Egg Bowl smack he's going to talk at Thanksgiving while you guys are trying to have a pleasant afternoon. <laughs> no politics, no Egg Bowl. Yeah, whatever. Do you guys, do you have like a no politics rule? Like, do you no. establish that? Or does it just happen organically or do you just let it fly? No, I think everybody in our family basically votes the same way, so it's not really a big deal. <laughs> so my wife the last couple of years has made it known, because we've been with her family, obviously, since the Egg Bowl is stupidly on Thanksgiving. Uh, so I stay here, obviously. I don't get to see my family, uh, because the Egg Bowl is stupidly on Thanksgiving. But she's said, hey, no politics. And I, I, I love that. We are not here to talk about Trump or Biden or anything. Hmm. That, that, is, that. that is not what the Pilgrims had in mind. And uh, that's, what, that's what we should have in mind, too, I think. There you go. Sand words. Uh, Ceasefire text line, uh, Don sends us a message. He says, Richard, you're talking about $9 million per year. Do you know the years? Did they stick with the four-year limit, or have they extended that with the foundation years? I, I don't know the answer to that. And I did not I, – I, I just – I don't know the answer. My assumption, based on kind of the knowledge of some of what they've done in the past, is that it might – go beyond a four-year limit through the foundation, but I just I, I don't know the answer to that. Good question, though. Yeah. There's I, some creative things that they can do. and Auto rollovers and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of been a thing with a lot of the coaching contracts that Ole Miss has done, whether it's with Mike Bianco on baseball, Andy Kennedy, and then Kermit Davis with basketball, yeah, doesn't Mike's contract, even before he won the championship, on a certain date just automatically happen? Like, they don't even have to do anything, it just happens as it's written? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, unless one side or the other gives written notification that it's not automatically rolling over, then it automatically rolls over, yes. Yeah. yeah. That, so, is, that is correct. Because I've seen people like Josh Pate, who I really like and stuff, and the nuances of Mississippi contract law is not something I expect a national guy to understand. That's that's a lot. You know, it's really deep. But, you know, he said, well, Ole Miss can only commit to four and a half years. And I thought, well, I mean, no. Also, where's the half year coming from? But but no. I mean, the, the contract that gets reported publicly, sure. But n no, it's not that cut and dry. It's not that black and white. There are things Look, that they can do. And, and there's a, So we get a message here. How do you know that this is going to be top ten money if you don't know the length of the contract? I'm, I'm talking about average annual value. And look, I, I understand that when somebody reports something, like you immediately went, oh, who's your source? Well, clearly I'm not going to tell you that. But I absolutely stand by every single word that I tweeted earlier today. But like, unequivocally, every word I tweeted, I stand by it and would defend it. Uh, the tweet said, I'll read it verbatim to you. Lane Kiffin has received a new contract offer from Ole Miss that would make him one of the ten highest-paid coaches in college football. It's now a waiting game to see if he will receive an offer from Auburn. More details this afternoon on Sports Talk starting at 3. Every single word in that, I stand by. Yeah. And if you don't want to believe it, you don't have to. I mean, that's completely up to you. But I think Borky and Haydad, who both get on to me for not tweeting very often, will vouch for the fact that if I tweet something like that, I've done my homework. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know how you know something's correct, by the way? When nobody disputes it. Not that your credibility is in question because it's absolutely not, but if that weren't true, you would have been corrected by now. And you're not. Because what you said was accurate. So, recapping, Lane Kiffin has an offer from Ole Miss. The average annual value of that offer is... Roughly $9 million. There, I think, is a reasonable question of you know how much higher than that could or would Ole Miss go if they needed to. We used the example earlier of you know, you're buying a house and you have a budget to buy the house and you know where you want to be, and then maybe a number where you're willing to go, and then maybe a number where if you really, really stretch, you could get there, but it's uncomfortable. I don't know what exactly that really, really stretch number is for Ole Miss. I tend to believe that if it came down to Ole Miss could keep Lane Kiffin or lose Lane Kiffin if they went to $10 million a year, I don't think they would lose him over that. But that's just a guess. The biggest remaining question is, will Lane Kiffin get an offer from Auburn? Period. I mean, we just got a message... That says, any truth to Auburn having offered Lane two hours ago? My guess is no. That's a guess. It's a, I, purely I a know. guess. I, I, I'm certainly not reporting that. I, I cannot dispute it because maybe it happened. I know that as of 
four hours ago, Lane Kiffin did not have an offer from Auburn. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you coming up next. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. up the 4 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Mentioned it earlier in the show today, Walker Jones from the Grove Collective will join us to start the 5 o'clock hour. He tweeted out this morning that uh, woke up to, uh, to good news about a national corporate sponsor that is coming on board with the Grove Collective and kind of all the things that are going on. Uh, we'll see what, Rob, uh, what Walker has to uh, say about that and the other things that are happening with the Grove Collective. We talked with them, what, three weeks, maybe a month ago, uh, when they were really kind of ramping operations up, and uh, there's been significant growth in that amount of time. Uh, also, in the 5 o'clock hour, Andy Staples will join us about 25 minutes from right now. Andy does a great job covering college football for the athletic Um a lot happening on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love to hear from you there. Um, let's see here. Where do we go, Borky? <laughs> Brian says, is somebody watching the Oxford Airport for an Auburn plane? I'm sure somebody is. Oh, boy, people don't understand how that works either. <laughs> they have no idea. Um, funny we are using the word offer instead of extension or raise. Well, you, I mean, you offer an extension or a, a raise. Semantics, potato, potato. And I will tell you what. You better be careful with the wording of a tweet that you send out if it has information that people really want to know in it because it will be picked apart word by word. Um... Oh, here's one. Auburn and Kiffin already cut a deal a week ago. That's what my cousin's boss's wife's second cousin told her. (laughs) Did you see, by the way, uh, somebody that I actually know kind of personally does radio in my market, although they're not, or my home market, although they're not from there, uh, do breaking. Greg Sankey says that the SEC is moving on from divisions, and and it became a news cycle. Everybody aggregated that and reported all the Gannett publications at the same time because that's how they do it now. Uh, Greg Sankey announces divisions are gone in the SEC. It's like he didn't announce that today. He talked about it on the main stage at SEC Media Day, so that's where they're going. He talked about it with you on this very show. Talked about it at spring meetings. Ross Dellinger broke it months and months ago. But like an entire news cycle was created from one guy's tweet filled with information that we've known. Everybody's known. Talked about it publicly. Wide open. The SEC's not going to have East and West anymore. We've known that. 
I guess everybody forgot. I, I was mind blown by the explosion of that today. Didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that was kind of a a weird thing, wasn't it? Breaking news that is not breaking it's at all. Five months old, <laughs> roughly. The only thing they're deciding on is how many games and how they're going to work the permanent opponents, but divisions are gone, which is great. Well, yeah. depending on the year, anyway. You could get stuck with LSU, Alabama, Georgia. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't be fun. Yeah. But you could catch a break with Oklahoma, Texas, Vanderbilt. just depends on the year. As somebody that already potentially has too much confidence, I really, truly wish I thought of myself as highly as Auburn fans think of Auburn. It's a good fan base. They very bought-in fan base that, that splinters easily but always comes back together. That's why they that call was, themselves that, a family. That was not a Jimmy Rain reference, by the way, when I said splinters easily. It was not. It, it, I mean, I just got lucky there, maybe. Um, but no, I mean, that, I mean, what do people talk about with Auburn? When, when pulling in the right direction... Everybody pulling in the same direction, which happens less often than probably it should there. It's a great place. They have a great game day atmosphere, beautiful stadium, loyal fans, all of those things. It's a cool environment. Yeah, I like the town, too. Yeah, it's fine. Pretty low-key. Feels very college-towny. Yeah. Another message here says, the first name mentioned is never the name being hired. Look at any other coaching search, being a Tennessee fan, been through a couple of these. Yeah, I wouldn't say never, but generally speaking, that's accurate, right? I mean, there were we mentioned this earlier in the week or last week, maybe it was. Um, Lincoln Riley is who Southern Cal zeroed in on, and they got their guy. Yeah, that just, it wasn't some names that were floating around there. I mean, Luke Fickle's name floated around. There were a couple of others. Franklin. Oh, yeah. A couple guys got raises out of that deal. Yeah, USC ran a pretty leak-free coaching search. Remember, everybody thought that Lincoln Riley was going to LSU, and then after Bedlam, USC. They did that one right. Five o'clock hour coming up. Going to be a busy five o'clock hour. We'll start things off with Walker Jones from the Grove Collective. After this time out, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> You on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations all across the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. We start the 5 o'clock hour every day with the college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Walker Jones joins us today 
on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Walker, of course, is working with the Grove Collective, former Ole Miss football players, worked in a bunch of different parts of the sports industry and uh, kind enough to spend a few minutes. What's up, my man? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, so kind of a busy month, I suppose, for you with uh, the Grove Collective. Seems like a lot of momentum on that front. We've obviously been talking a ton today about uh, about Lane Kiffin Walker. Uh, what can you tell us about what's going on with the Grove Collective? You had a tweet this morning that said you woke up to uh, to really good news uh, in terms of kind of where you guys are in terms of membership and also maybe some national corporate sponsors. Yeah, yeah, Richard. It's been it, look. It's been a busy month. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy day, um, which is kind of the life of being in the NIL right now with it. You know, so volatile and always changing. But uh, you know, really good news. We passed over four thousand members um, last night, uh, which was a good marker for us. Considering on September thirtieth, we were you know a couple hundred. Um, so the growth has been tremendous from a membership standpoint, which is really really important for our kind of reoccurring and reoccurring revenue model and our sustainability. So that was really big, um, and actually, to be honest with you, I just took a look at the at, uh, um, at our account, and we've added another three or four hundred since then. So we're we're mid four thousands now, uh, encroaching on uh, five thousand members, which is which is really great and a big tribute to our Ole Miss fans and our fan base. Um, and then that, along with, we've got a national uh, brand who. We just agreed to um, a large platform sponsorship with the collective, which we're going to be announcing here in the next few days. Uh, it's a very reputable brand. It's going to provide a great service to our athletes, um, and uh, it's going to gather a lot of attention, and we will be the first uh, SEC school to announce this type of partnership with a brand like this. So uh, we're thrilled to death. I wish I could announce it today. I was, was going to say, if you want to break some news, Walker, feel free. <laughs> Yeah, I know a lot of people want me to announce it today, and I wish I could, but I've got a um, – there's a big marketing team with this brand, as you can imagine, and they, they want to be really uh, buttoned up on the PR and the announcement and uh, have a big plan with it, and that takes a few days, and we're you know just dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. So, uh, But we came to an agreement with all the terms, and uh, it's going to be big news for us here in the next few days. So we're super excited about that for our athletes. So Walker, whether the 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 number of members is at four thousand like it was earlier today, or are trending toward five thousand, and and I know from your perspective you hope more than that. What, what does that mean in terms of not specific dollars? I, I know you don't want to put specific dollars amount, but h- how many of those members are signing up for monthly or quarterly donations as opposed to it being one time donations? Yeah, Richard, I think the real important thing here is that membership, uh, and again, we have more people paying monthly uh, than we do the annual. We give them a choice, obviously, if they want to pay it all in one lump sum or if they want to pay it out over, you know, 12 months. But that gives us that kind of annuitized recurring revenue that we know we're going to have. It gives us a great cash flow projection so we know – uh, what we can support in the NIL world. Um, and, you know, it helps build that momentum. You know, you get, you start talking about, you know, comparisons. You know, our, our Ole Miss Athletic Foundation has a little over 7,000 members. 
Well, we're closing in on that number with a tenth of that staff, which is, again, a tribute to our fans. Uh, but it just creates more momentum for us. And it gives us the security of knowing on January 1st, this is the money and this is the cash flow that we can count on. And that's really where, you know, that sustainable model that I talked about in the very beginning and at the press conference back in September, you know, the one-time big donations are great, and we'll continue to, you know, uh, uh, bring those into the collective. But, you know, you can only go to those so pe- those people so many times. And so uh, you really want to try to spread this thing out. And I've always said if we can have – you know, 70% of our projections raised through our membership on the website, then we're winning. And we're actually closer to 80% now, Mm. uh, which is a huge number. uh, And it's going to give us the ability to replicate this type of fundraising every year and not just this year. Walker, whether you're talking about a, a tech startup in Silicon Valley or an NIL collective in Oxford, Mississippi, when, when you're growing fast, there are growing pains that are associated with that. You mentioned a relatively small staff, and I, I know that's at least partially by design to try and keep it as lean as possible so that you can control expenses. But but in terms of people that have, have run into um, – roadblocks or can't quite figure things out or a little slow on getting information. What, what do you say to those folks, especially on the, the corporate donation side? Yeah, look, I think we're in that, that massive growth period right now. And, you know, we are scaling our operations every day to keep up with that. And sometimes there's a transition in that, you know, that has to do everything from our website, our payment processors, uh, our membership management software, um, <clears throat> our corporate partnerships, uh, all those things, you know, when your numbers grow exponentially like that, um, the infrastructure needed to keep up with that just continues to just pile on. And so what we've been focused on this last couple of weeks is really trying to add automation and systems and processes so we can scale. And sometimes people get caught in that conversion, in that uh um, you know, transformation, uh, and an email get missed or a phone call get missed, or there'll be a payment issue on the website. I think what people are seeing is those issues are becoming less and less. Sure. Every business deals with customer service issues. You know, uh, it doesn't matter how big you are. Uh, every company deals with that. And the, the, the real important thing is, can you be attentive, um, and very aggressive in fixing the problem? Uh, and not letting the same problem continue to happen. And that's what we've been focused on is the moment we know there's an issue, uh, deploying resources to fix it. And what I would tell our people is just continue to reach out to us. Um, these processes are going to continue to get better. Uh, but, you know, I'll use the analogy of we're changing a flat tire while the car is going 50 miles, out, 50 miles an hour down the road. Um, and so it's, it's a challenge for sure. Uh, but we're adding more staff. Uh, I've hired a couple more people. We've got some national partnerships that are giving us that automation, uh, and people will see that here over the next days, weeks, and months uh, so we can scale up and provide, you know, best-in-class customer service. But just like any organization, Richard, you deal with, you know, customer service issues, and um, we're going to be as quick as we can to fix those as possible. And I'll just ask the Ole Miss fan base to continue to work with us and let us know when something goes wrong, and we'll jump on it. So, Walker, obviously there's a ton of talk about 
um, Lane Kiffin and, and his future as it pertains to Auburn. Um, Chris Lowe, who is a respected reporter at ESPN.com, was on a uh, on a radio show the, the next round in Birmingham yesterday or the day before and, and made a comment, and I don't know if he meant it to be literal or not, but that Auburn had ten times more NIL resources than what Ole Miss has got. How do you respond to that? Uh, I think that's uh, fake news, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I, I look. I think Chris Lowe's a great reporter. I've never spoken to uh, Chris Lowe, nor has anybody with the Grove Collective, so he has no idea how much money we've raised. Uh, so that'd be my first comment: is I don't know where he would get knowing how big we are. Secondly, um, I don't know if he truly knows how big Auburn's is. You know, Auburn's throwing around these huge numbers, and that's great. But, you know, how do we know what that number really is? And, and look, there's a lot of ways you can massage those numbers. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors that people can say those are dollars on hand, those are pledged, those are projections. You know, there's a lot of ways you can use fuzzy math. And I can't control what Auburn does or anybody else. But, you know, I would tell you, knowing where we are today, I am really, really comfortable with what we have on hand and what we have pledged and what we're going to have every day that this thing continues to scale up. And so, again, I don't know where Chris is getting his information from. That's fine. It may have been, you know, hearsay, which a lot of NIL stuff is. But, you know, uh, I just I would I would question that uh, that comment because I don't think it's based in any sort of fact. Walker, only 30 seconds left. Do you believe that Lane Kiffin is comfortable with where the Grove Collective is? I do. I know for a fact he is. Um, again, uh, we have delivered on everything uh, that Coach has asked us to deliver on, um, and the university as well. Um, we have far exceeded our goals financially with membership. Um, our Ole Miss fans have answered the call, um, and we sit here today in a really, really good yeah. position. So I, I feel great about it. I know Coach uh, feels really good about it and is pleased, very pleased with where we are. And I'll just see, you know, I'll let that speak for itself. Uh, but Thanks, I know Walker. For a fact he is, and we're delivering for him. Walker Jones from the Grove Collective. This is Sports Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. We go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Andy Staples joins us right now. He writes at The Athletic. He's the host of the Andy Staples Show. You can hear him sometimes on uh, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. He's, he's kind of everywhere. Andy, what's up, man? I am, and I was supposed to be on earlier, and then I got called in to do a shift on Sirius XM, so I appreciate you guys moving me around. Kind of you to spend a few minutes with us. So much conversation today about uh, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, Auburn, all of that. I'm curious, as somebody who has covered the SEC for a long time, but also has a pretty... I feel like you got a pretty keen understanding of how the game has changed and, and how the college football landscape has changed. When you look at the Auburn job and the Ole Miss job side by side, 
maybe you're putting uh-huh. yourself in Lane Kiffin's shoes. How, how are you comparing and contrasting? Well, there's a lot more crap to deal with at Auburn. I think that's the, the first thing you think about. But you also have to think about numbers that you maybe can't say no to. And that's the, you know, somebody asked me in my mailbag a few weeks ago, would the, the law in Mississippi about the four year contracts, would that really matter? And I was like, no, I don't think it matters because you can win just about as many games at Ole Miss. You know, you're happy there. You're not dealing with all the extraneous stuff at Auburn. And they can continue to roll you over every year. But the more and more I think about that, uh, if, if Auburn were coming with some sort of godfather offer, and Richard, the, the story you broke today seems like a preemptive strike against that. But if Auburn comes in with something like, we're going to guarantee you $10 million a year for, for eight years, fully guaranteed, or, or $10 million a year for 10 years, fully guaranteed, that's really hard to say no to. Really, really hard. Even though you know you're going to have to deal with, with some more crap. The thing is, though, if you end up having to deal with the crap, they're probably going to have to pay you all that money. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's the other piece of it. But in terms of winning, and like Ole Miss is in a better place than Auburn right now. Now, Auburn's ceiling, if you want to argue about ceiling, and I had some Ole Miss fans arguing with me about that on Twitter today, if you want to argue about ceiling from, from somebody who has no dog in the hunt, Auburn's ceiling is higher. Like, their ceiling this century is a national title. They have played for the SEC title four times this century. Ole Miss has never made the SEC championship game. Like, those are facts. They cannot be argued. But that said, if you look at where they are right now, the fact that divisions are going away, the fact that Auburn is going to have to play Alabama and Georgia every year still, and Ole Miss is not, yeah. that's something you've got to consider. Like, all, it's going to get easier for Ole Miss. Does the ceiling change with the 12-team playoff? Because historically, 100% no, it it you're accurate. Like, Ole Miss is a 12-team playoff contender right now. Like, if, if there were a 12-team playoff, they would have made it last year, and they would be making it this year. But that doesn't make them a national title contender necessarily. Like, Georgia is the standard right now. Sure. If you think you can beat Georgia... You're, like, if you have the roster that can compete with Georgia, you're a national title contender. There aren't many teams that can say that. If you were in John Cohen's shoes as an athletics director that's been employed, employed at Auburn for, what, two weeks now, yeah. who, would you, who would you be trying to hire? Wayne Kiffin. <laughs> because i got to flip my roster immediately, and he's the best at that. So... And he also knows what he's getting into because he's recruited against Kirby. He's recruited, or he's recruited with Kirby and Nick. He's recruited against Kirby and Nick. He understands how all that works. Now, if he tells me no, that's a, that's a different situation. There, there's, yeah, it, that's a tough needle to thread because the key, like the most important facet of that job is being willing to go head-to-head with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban in recruiting. And it's why when they hired Brian Harson, I was like, excuse me? What? What?" And then as you watched him recruit in that first year on the job, you're like, oh, my God, he does not understand the job he took. Like, did nobody tell him? Like, this is what you have to do? And so, you know, who is that? Is that do, do you go get Mark Stoops, who may be hitting a ceiling at Kentucky? Yeah. Because I, I think he'd listen. So is it somebody like that? 
is it you, you try to talk to Dion? Like, I would talk to Dion anyway because, like I just said, the number one requirement is being willing to go head-to-head with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban for players. He would do that. Now, I would want to know in vivid detail what your staff going to look like. So then I can think about, okay, from an X is no standpoint, how, how's that going to be? And so, I'd, But I'd talk to him. I'd want to know. I'll tell you another guy I, 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 would, I would call. He's going to say no, but I'd call him. Sam Pippen. Really? Hmm. I like Sam Pittman a lot. There's one name that you didn't mention in there that a lot of people have thrown around, and that's Hugh Freeze. I just don't know if they're going to go there. I think he could win there. I think think he'd be great there. Everybody I talk to, I don't get the sense that they're going to go there. All right, so Andy, let, let me spin uh, now. What I'm about to ask you is dangerous because Pete, you you know as well as I do that people oh, hear wait, what wait, they me, want to. Throw, hear. Let me throw one more out there before you ask. Let okay, me throw one more out there because I've seen this mentioned not by anybody credible, but after last year, I just think it's interesting. Like I laughed when I saw it, and then I'm like, why am I laughing at this? There, there's I've seen things about Dabo in that job. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, Dabo ain't leaving Clemson for that job. And then I'm like, wait a second, if I had said this time last year, that Lincoln Riley would be the head coach at USC or that Brian Kelly would be the head coach at LSU, you would have laughed at me. Mm-hmm. You would have thought I was crazy. So after last year, I don't. I, I, I realize I can't dismiss anything out of hand. But now go ahead and ask that question. Well, and in, oh, just to follow up on what you said there, in terms of a fit for Auburn and what Auburn values in its head coach? Billion percent. Dabo Sweeney, oh my goodness, yeah. Well, what did, what did Lewis Grizzard say? What is Clemson if not Auburn with a leg? Yeah, that's absolutely right. All right, so this was this is the dangerous one because people are going to hear what they want to hear. Not saying this is happening, but if, to your point a second ago, you're John Cohen and you try to go get Lane Kiffin, and that happens. Now put yourself in Keith Carter's shoes and you've got to replace oh Lane Kiffin. Where's your direction then? I, I'm calling Dion. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. That's one call. Now, I'm going to make some other calls, too, because I, I, Ole Miss is a great job, and I think Lane Kiffin has shown you how to win there. He's shown you the blueprint in this era. So, you know, you, you, you want to look around and see who, who's been really good in the portal. Now, I, I will say it doesn't, always, it doesn't necessarily have to come down to that. I, I, would, I would also look at people who've been winning. There's a guy who wins like crazy, who for whatever, well, I know the reason, and I'll tell you the reason. Who, his name is not getting brought up in any serious circles for some of these jobs. Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina should have been hired by Virginia Tech last year. They didn't call him. From what I'm hearing, Georgia Tech has not reached out. By the way, but Michael Georgia Borky Tech, is he, dancing in his chair right now as you say yeah. this because he's a huge Jamie Georgia, Georgia Chadwell Tech stand. Georgia should have made their first and only call to Jamie Chadwell. He would have taken it. And... So and I guess they still can. But the fear is he's never been a Power 5 recruiter. He was a head coach at Division Two, FCS head coach, now FBS head coach in the group of five. But he's, he's never been a Power 5 recruiter. He would like to keep his staff together, and those people have not worked in the Power 5 for the most part. And I think that is the, the fear with, with most of these athletic directors about calling him. But he runs an offense that is – 
triple option based, but is not the triple option. So you can recruit D linemen because you, you won't be like, oh, you're getting cut every play at practice. Very quarterback friendly. They don't throw 50 times a game, but when they do throw, the defense is so terrified of what they're going to do on the ground that the quarterbacks tend to be very efficient. Grayson McCall led the country in yards per attempt last year, and he's in the top 10 this year. So I would, I would say hire that guy. I mean, that, that is, I, would, I, I would call him, bring him on campus, and be like, what do you think? Let's do this. But I also, again, same reason I said Auburn should call Dion. Ole Miss should call Dion. Look at the look at the level of player he's been able to get at Jackson State. Yeah. He can build a hell of a roster. And then again, same same question. And, and probably know, Carter, maintain yes. a roster, right? Correct. And and it, it, Keith Carter, same question that John Cohen would ask. I need to know what your staff looks like. I need to know exactly who's going to be where. Who 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 you have coaching DBs. Who do you have coaching quarterbacks? Who's your OC? Who's your DC? And and it's got to be plausible. It's not. It can't be a pie in the sky. Here's who I think I'm going to get. It's. I've talked to these guys. They're coming. And if that, if those answers are satisfactory, then absolutely he should be a serious candidate. It's going to be interesting to see how the uh, next week and a half plays out in the states of Mississippi and Alabama. Andy, always appreciate your time. Great stuff as always. All right, thanks, guys. Andy Staples from The Athletic, host of The Andy Staples Show. You can get that as a podcast. I think you can get it on YouTube as well. Uh, Always interesting and entertaining, and uh, he says that Jamie Chadwell should be a candidate for for all of these jobs, and Michael Borky agrees. He listens to me. Andy Staples joined us us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll be right back. Let's go to the junction in the Grove. And to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks to Andy Staples. Always enjoy visiting with him. He uh, he seems to get it big picture. And he's not like prone to uh, hyperbole for the sake of hyperbole. There's a lost art, and I can't even believe it's called an art anymore, in sports media of nuance. Hmm. And yeah. he seems to understand nuance. Everybody talks about decisions like the one he's about to make as if they're linear. Luke Fickle, we talked about him during the break. Interesting guy. Really, really, really good football coach. You mean to tell me that with these open jobs that have come up all over the country, nobody's called Luke Fickle? Better jobs than the ones he currently has? Then why is he still at Cincinnati? It's not for lack of inquiry. There's nuance. No, no, no. There. Luke, Luke Luke Fickle has had opportunities and has turned them down. Matt Campbell, although now he probably regrets that, had opportunities and turned them down. Yeah. In fact, Luke Fickle told me himself on a on a 
phone call about a month ago because I asked about, you know, staying at Cincinnati. Does it become easier to stay now that you're transitioning to the Big 12? And he said, you know, he said, there have been a lot of opportunities that have come along, and he said the majority of them I've just kind of shut down without ever, ever even exploring them. He said, because when you, when you decide to listen, that's when things get weird, and you start getting swayed by things that shouldn't matter. And he told me that his wife was kind of the gatekeeper on, on a lot of that stuff. Said her opinion matters more than any other opinion in this thing anyway. And uh, so Luke's got a bunch of kids, and they're pretty happy where they are. It's a good spot too. Yeah. So, but that's nuance, right? That requires nuance to understand why Luke Fickle's still at Cincinnati. Too many people in our business are are still just focused on the linear, and it's exhausting to try to to try to sort through because they just don't understand. Yeah. And and the previous guest is a guy that does. Do uh, did you watch any action last night? And there's a reason that I'm asking. I checked it out to see the snow, but the football's not very good. Honestly. The football wasn't great. Eastern Michigan beat Kent State in Kent, Ohio. Miami of Ohio beat Northern Illinois in the snow, and Western Michigan beat Central Michigan twelve to ten in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, in the snow. But that looks more like clumpy ice on the field. Yeah. Like, there's sometimes when it sells, you're like, man, it'd be really cold to get tackled in that. And then there's times when you look at it, you're like, that looks like it would hurt if you got tackled on that. That was a, I mean, it looked like a, like a half frozen ice rink more yeah. than snow on a football field. By the way, the visuals were great, though. Oh, yeah. How about the college football fix? Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. 45 years, number one selling truck in America. You don't have matching tonight. You've got American Conference football action. Pretty good one. SMU has been lighting up the scoreboard the last couple of weeks. Tulane dropped its second game of the season. Remember, its first loss of the year was to Southern Miss a few weeks back. Only blemish on the resume until last week when they lost at home at Yulman Stadium to UCF. John Rice Plumley went crazy in that game. And so you've got the high-flying SMU offense with Tanner Mordecai at quarterback and the 21st-ranked Tulane Greenwave, who are 8-2, Huge game in the American Conference standings. Top two teams in that league go to their championship game. Tulane's only got two games left. They've got this one at home against SMU. And then next week they go to Cincinnati to close out the regular season on the Friday after Thanksgiving. That is a very, very watchable football game tonight. No doubt. Very watchable football game. More watchable than the NFL game tonight. Speaking of the NFL, so bummed out. Cleveland Buffalo has been moved to Detroit due to that snowstorm that we talked about yesterday. Yeah, I'm bummed, man. Boo! I I get it, though. I I get it. Because you're talking about, what what is it, six, ten-plus feet of snow? How about this? The area is expected to get multiple feet of snow 
over the course of Thursday night through Saturday night with thunder and other inclement weather conditions also expected. <laughs> but that's Buffalo. That's Buffalo. Thunder snow. You think the people of Buffalo won't be able to get around still? Yeah, I think it's more about getting Cleveland in safely, high wind gusts, the whole yeah, deal. I, I know. It's, mm. it's a shame, though, because that would have been awesome. That That's in credit to Buffalo. They're building a new, what, $600 million stadium or whatever. No roof. They know who they are. They're not getting a Super Bowl anyway. So leave that thing open. Give yourself an advantage. Let it snow on us. I don't care. I love that about those people. Yeah, it's beautiful. The best foot. With this Auburn stuff, I have had too many people on uh, various social media platforms tell me how Auburn's a great job because they have the best fans in college football. Mm -hmm. Which, first of all, shut up. Second of all, nobody has the best fans unless you're talking about the Buffalo Bill fans. They have had a franchise that generally has been terrible. They've had, I mean, Jim Kelly era was good. That was a long time ago. Those are people that sat through miserable, the most miserable weather in professional sports every year and packed that stadium every single year in those pathetic conditions to watch a pathetic football team. Nobody's a better fan than a Buffalo Bills fan. Nobody. There is an indoor carnival, Ferris wheel included, that is happening in Ford Field on Friday. And that has to be dismantled. <laughs> like you gotta get the merry-go-round and the Ferris wheel and the the slides and all that out. Well the Browns will <laughs> so be right to bring at home the field then, back in. <laughs> Bit of a circus with the Browns. Yeah, the Browns are a circus. Yeah, Deshaun Watson returned to practice this week. Yeah. Yep, yesterday was his first day at practice. And coach said, uh, yeah, we're not really going to talk about him. Two weeks before he can uh, participate in games. They're going to keep asking. Oh, yeah. No, they will. They will. Uh, six feet of snow. Devin Singletary is five foot eight. Nick <laughs> Chubb is five foot eleven. We get another message. Crap, I've already taken the under. Who was the, the returner that played for LSU? Was it Trendon Holiday? And I, I don't know how I remember this. They played in a bowl game many, many years ago, I believe against Penn State, where it was raining and raining and just nonstop rain in this game. And when he was returning a kick, he went to cut. And his leg all the way down to his knee went down into the ground, into the mud. <laughs> you can uh, you can hit us up on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do, right here in ceasefire country. Check them out online, ceasefire.com slash business. I feel like we should kind of recap. No, many of you are probably just joining us after uh, getting off of work today. Uh, I reported earlier today on Twitter, I guess that's where you go to report things, that Lane Kiffin has an offer, an extension, a raise, however you want to classify it, uh, from Ole Miss. 
And the biggest remaining question is whether he will get an offer from Auburn. As of today, Auburn has not officially offered Lane Kiffin anything. The average annual value of this offer from Ole Miss, I believe, to be $9 million. I do think there is a question that goes along with that. If this is like an initial offer from Ole Miss, this is, hey, we're putting this on the table. Is there a scenario where Ole Miss would go higher? I I tend to think that the answer is to yes. I don't know how comfortable that would be. And I don't know exactly how high that would be, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's gotta be a cap somewhere. Are you gonna lose Lane Kiffin over half a million dollars, a million dollars? No, probably not. But if you've gotta try and match 11 or 12 or 13 million dollars, yeah, I mean, you probably get to a spot where you're like, yeah, you just can't do that. Financially, you can't do it. Um, the offer from Ole Miss clearly, Makes him a top 10 paid coach nationally. Uh, I don't believe that this is a take it or leave it offer that Ole Miss has presented to Lane Kiffin. And one of the interesting things about it is that I am told and am led to believe that it's not all about money for Lane Kiffin. It's kind of about all of the other stuff. We'll wrap it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Busy with you tomorrow afternoon, Friday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. Where will I be? I will be in Greenville, North Carolina. Michael Borky will be in Studio X in Jackson. So um, look forward to being with you. Tomorrow's a Food Friday. The pre-Thanksgiving edition of Food Friday. I know my menu, Borky, for Thanksgiving or at least the part that I'm responsible for, and I know, because I'm responsible for it, that Hulk's Cajun Smoked Sausage will be part of the menu hey. at the Cross House. It'll be part of the appetizer spread. Big old sausage and cheese plate. I decide how many packages of that I need. Is there a good way to cut your sausage for a sausage and cheese plate? Maybe I just need a better knife. I feel like it kind of tears when you cut it. Yeah, just sharpen that knife real well. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer. So, uh, you know, several packages of the Cajun smoked sausage and a couple of varieties of cheese. and little pro tip, freeze it for a bit. Not till full frozen, but freeze it for a bit, the sausage. Be- makes before it, you cook it or after? Uh, before. Before you slice it. Oh, I'm not slicing it till it comes off the grill. Oh, well... When, I, when I'm doing sausage and cheese, I'll slice it and then saute it in a pan. Uh, oh, in a no, skillet, no, no, really. No, and do no, it I'm that going, way. Going full on the grill. Ah. Do the big links and then slice it after the fact. So, um, so we got a food fry. What else have we got tomorrow? Will Eastwood. Big, big, big playoff night. High school football in the state of Mississippi coming up tomorrow. Will East will help us preview all of that. 
Don't forget you've got the scoreboard show coming up on uh, hmm, Friday night from 10 until 11.30. Will says this is the best week of the season for high school football in Mississippi because you've got great matchups everywhere. I agree. It's postseason football. Man, I've been to a lot of big-time football games in my life. I've been to three dozen college football stadiums. I've been to four NFL games. You can't replace the feeling, though, of walking onto a football field in the playoffs on a Friday night. It's can't great. do it. it it's so just is something about it. it. It can't be replicated. So very good. Absolutely. Unless you're playing at the higher level. But, I mean, have you looked at me? I, I, I couldn't get there. My, my wife heard me talking. I guess she was, might actually have been listening. Or maybe not. She said we just jumped to 37 people that will be at our house for Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. That would stress me out so much. Jane, I... It's all, we're, we're all eating outside. Everybody, by the way, thank you for the uh, the, the tips. Scalloped or serrated knife is the uh, the better way to do it. So I'll do that. I'll, I'll go with the serrated knife to slice the sausage. 37 would stress you out, Borky? I couldn't imagine. I mean, because you know, when I'm hosting or I've got people over or whatever, I, I want everybody to be having a good time, right? I'm, do you need anything? You comfortable? You good? Doing that with 37 people would stress me out to a point that I couldn't fathom. I can't I have people in my house us, and not yeah. want to accommodate them at every step, you know? I think that's going to get us to a point where you're like, just, you're on your own. Have a good time. If you don't, that's on you, not me. My door's <laughs> open, the bathroom's down the hall, all right? Just all right, whatever. Do whatever. So, uh, it'll be fun. Uh, so, high school football, Bruce Marshall tomorrow. We're going to try to circle back and uh, catch up with Trey Biddy. Yeah, there is th- a football game tomorrow. There on Saturday, there is. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, I think that we are going to visit with Brandon Marcello tomorrow afternoon as well. For some people, that may be like, uh. For some people, that may be like, great. And um, we'll get Brandon's thoughts on uh, on all of those things, all of the things that are going on, and who knows what happens between now and then. A lot, I'm sure. Maybe. There will be things said. Yeah. Takes we, will be had. We're going to try tomorrow to get to some football, too. We'll have two questions. Yes. I, I do wonder, and this is something we'll talk about tomorrow, how much all this stuff impacts a team of college kids. Because you can talk about pro mindset all you want, but they see it. They're on social media. They're, sure. They went to class today, and, hey, Jackson, is Lane leaving? <laughs> that, that's <laughs> And Jackson's dart, re, dart's response probably better be, I'm trying to beat Arkansas, man. <laughs> yeah. I that, don't know. <laughs> that's, that stuff can... That's beyond my pay grade. Yeah. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We will be back with you tomorrow afternoon, starting at 3.06. If you missed him today, hey, Dad had the day off. He's taking tomorrow off as well, we think, unless he just he just can't bear to miss it. I bet he takes tomorrow off also. Yeah. For Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good night.
Owning a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.